Being a One Another Christian on this edition of Truth in Love. I'm Dale Johnson, and you're listening to Truth in Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions for the problems that people face. This week on the podcast, I am excited to welcome one of our own from ACBC, Dr. Stuart Scott. Uh, Stuart has been a member of ACBC for 30 years or more, and he is also a fellow with our organization. Maybe little known to many of you, uh, Stuart also serves as our Director of Membership Services. Uh, Most of you know that he is also a professor at the Master's University. And I'm so excited, Stuart, that you are here with us today uh, to discuss this very important topic on how to be a one another Christian. Thank you, Dale. And it's a wonderful opportunity to be here and join you uh, on this podcast. So today, what I want to talk about is uh, Stuart has written a new book. Uh, We were actually able to give this new book away at our annual conference, and it's called 31 Ways to Be a One Another Christian. And uh, Stuart, this is important work that you're dealing with, and it's important work just to compile what the Scripture says on a subject such as this. But it's also uh, important for us to consider as well, why is it needed at this particular time. I mean, what we see in the church happening, we see effects of the church in the modern sense not doing some of the one another's. And what are some of those effects? I mean, what, what's the scene that we see in the church because we're not functioning to do what God commanded us relative to the one another's? Yes, I think uh, just reading stats and surveys that are going on today Uh, about relationships and relationship breakdown, not only in society, but we see it right into the church. Uh, More and more isolation. Uh, People are reducing their conversations to texting, Uh, just more individualism, and even a focus on uh, one's own family uh, to the exclusion of reaching out beyond the family in the church. Uh, We see that as well. So as we think about some of these, the breakdown of, of what we would talk about in the scriptures, like koinonia uh, fellowship, and sometimes we see such superficial expressions in our churches of these this type of uh, of this type of fellowship, and so as we think about that breakdown, what do we see as the the need or, or the breakdown that we see happening in our in our fellowships, where it makes these one another's necessary for us to consider. Well, I think if you mention the word fellowship, we're going to have fellowship at our church. It typically means a meal or donuts and coffee and orange juice. Unfortunately, uh, that has uh, is the most common definition or at least thinking among people when you mention that we're going to get together and have fellowship. But in scripture, there are at least 35 one another's. If, If you'd like, I could just read these and we could see that it's a lot more to fellowship than just a meal together. Yeah, I think that would be helpful. Okay, so I'll just read the list here. Uh, Be devoted to one another with brotherly love. Outdo one another in showing honor. Live in harmony with one another. Do not judge but build up one another. Welcome one another. Instruct one another. Don't sue one another. Care for one another. Don't provoke or envy one another. Bear one another's burdens. Speak truthfully to one another. Be kind to one another. Forgive one another. Be in submission to one another. Bear with one another's burdens. 
teach and admonish one another. Hang on, I'm only halfway through. Increase and abound in love for one another. Comfort one another. Encourage and build up one another. Be at peace with one another. Seek good for one another. Pray for one another. Stir one another up. Do not speak against one another. Don't grumble against one another. Confess your sins to one another. Be hospitable to one another. Serve one another. Be humble toward one another. Greet one another. Have fellowship with one another. And then there's a few that are a little more specific in their application. Don't deprive one another in a marriage relationship. Wait for one another. Consider one another and don't lie to one another. You know, it's interesting as I hear you talk through those one another's. And by the way, that's the the table of contents, the outline as we as Stuart is trying to deal specifically uh, with Scripture. But but even as I hear you talk about those one another's, one of the things that's shocking to me is you can't accomplish that level of relationship with the way in which we interact today, often in the church. I mean, let's say, you know, we stand and greet one another, and that's a two-minute process, or we pass each other in the hallways, and and really maybe throughout the rest of the week we're not seeing one another. And so how in the world can we engage uh, at this level with each other and accomplish what God is commanding us to do uh, when we have such superficial relationships in the churches? Yeah, and I think it's going to go beyond our corporate gathering on Sunday, uh, there's so much happening on that particular morning or, or whenever they're meeting. Uh, it, it's going to come down to small group meetings. And then intentionally and aggressively thinking, connecting with others uh, throughout the week, not just at small group meeting or corporate gathering on a Sunday. Um, and that's going to just take intentional thought with aggressive application and that's one of the purposes of the book is that we explain each of the one another's. We try to illustrate it. What does it look like? And then the person needs to personally apply what are steps they're going to take uh, dependent on the spirit of God to become more Christ-like in their love for one another. Yeah. So as we talk through that, I mean, Stuart, one of the things that's really interesting to me is the ways that you present this in the book are not as suggestions from God. Like often we take some things that the Word says as if they're suggestions for a better life and uh, ways to make relationships go better, and there are 10 steps to do this or that. Uh, what, what you're identifying here that I think is brilliant is you're demonstrating that in the Word of God, these one another's, many of them and most of them are actually commands that God gives. They are for our betterment, but He's commanding, not suggesting that we do something. Can you talk a little bit about those commands? Yes, uh, most all of these, not all of them, but most of them are the imperatives, mm-hmm. the imperative uh, uh, tense here of we have to. It, as you said, it's not a buffet line, mm-hmm. and I like a little of that one and I like that one, but those, those I'm going to keep away from. Mm-hmm. Uh, The Lord wants us to love our neighbor, uh, love God and love your neighbor. And here's 35 ways that can demonstrate that love for your neighbor. And even though we have grown possibly cold or weak in this area, with the Spirit's help, uh, we can increase in this. As we grow in our faith, as it says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, uh, he said to them, your faith is growing abundantly and the love of every one of you for one another is increasing. So I think we see that connection again as our love for the Lord increases, our love for one another increases it 
probably at the same rate. Yeah, I think that's absolutely critical. And um, it's interesting to me that when we begin to see God's method unfold for how we're to be in relationship with one another, the beautiful things that begin to happen, Mm. the ways in which we're challenged uh, to be sanctified, to love each other and care for each other well, but then also the humility that we we need. Mm. Um, We're so individualistic that the humility that's necessary for us to engage in relationship, that there are times where we need help. Mm. We need to be one another. And so that interaction really builds us in sanctification as we have the compassion of Christ to care for others, but then also the way in which we're humble to receive that same care uh, when we're the person who's in need, which is which is not infrequent. Mm. Uh, now, I think it's important that we, we take what you've written here, and, and let's just give our listeners maybe an example of a personal application of uh, one of these, one another's uh, that you've written about. And, and what does this look like? I mean, how would we flesh this out uh, if we were talking about a specific one another and how we obey this command from God and how we love each other well and take care of each other well? All right. I'll just pick one that's kind of a, a unique use of the word to stir up one another. Uh, we find it in Hebrews chapter 10, that when we gather together, we're to stir one another up to love and good deeds. Uh, the, the word can be translated provoke, uh, almost irritate one another, uh, getting people away from their complacency and how to get uh, encourage one another to consider other people than just themselves. So when we hear needs presented, people sharing prayer requests, we ought to be thinking, what can I do? Or is there someone I can talk with who possibly could help them? Um, so when we see one another at church, uh, there is a provoking, irritating um, effect to increase our love for one another than, than just getting complacent and self-focused. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's helpful as we think about the personal application uh, of these of these one another's. Uh, I want to ask you maybe just a personal question as you were writing through this. Uh, what did which one did you find maybe uh, the most eye opening, maybe relative to our culture or, or from a personal standpoint, um, just a challenge that you see from the word that was convicting for us to to engage in? Was there one that stood out maybe a little more than than some of the others? Um, uh, actually all of them <laughs> yeah. had a, uh, an effect and still do. Mm. There's so many to follow through in obeying our Lord in this. And obviously he exemplified them all. And we see the new Testament writers, uh, reflecting them in their relationships. I just, I think for me, I, I become more task oriented, mm. uh, things to get done and less and less people-focused. And I don't think I'm unique in that. I I just think there's a lot to be done, and we can look past people. And all of these one another's, it's all more more important is people. It should be people in our lives than tasks Mm -hmm. only. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think um, one is just greeting one another. It, It made me more... Uh, aware of when I come into church, there are people sitting all over or standing mm. that I don't know. And I'm more comfortable mm. with going up to people I know mm-hmm. than people I don't. And so the, the fear of man, uh, which is just a heart issue and a, a sin issue, I, I just 
ask the Lord for grace and go over and it's more important getting to know them Mm -hmm. than me being comfortable and in ease uh, before service, after service. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's one, one of the ones. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things is we, even as we talk about this is the intentionality that's necessary Mm -hmm. for us to be aware. Um, And I think, as you mentioned, our busyness, our task orientation, Mm -hmm. uh, we get fulfilled, self-fulfilled often in the task orientation. And so uh, this is a call, a command in the one and others to die to self. I think it's also interesting that uh, as we look at at Jesus's statement, that the way the world uh, knows that we are his disciple is Mm -hmm. the way in which Mm -hmm. we we do these things. We love one another where we're self-sacrificing and we're preferring our brother. Well, listen, guys, I'm just telling you uh, to read this book. Get this book in your hands. This is uh, similar to the things that that, uh, Dr. Scott has written in the past. I know that you're going to enjoy some of the the sage advice that he gives, the way in which he explains these passages of Scripture, and and you're going to be personally challenged. You're going to be personally challenged to build these relationships in a way in which God intended. And, And the beauty of this is that you'll begin to see the flourishing of love, the flourishing of crucifying your own flesh and the flourishing of the way in which we love one another and care for each other well, the way in which Jesus intended for us to display his discipleship to the world. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. Today on the podcast, we've been talking with Dr. Stuart Scott about 31 ways to be a one another Christian. Can I encourage you to uh, go and get his book and maybe work through that um, yourself or work through that with another believer? And you'll be challenged, even as we talk about biblical counseling at large. uh, This will be a a helpful tool for you to learn how to do these one another's with uh, other people in relationship several principles of biblical counseling that are underlying this call uh, and command of us to be in relationship well with one another. So if you want more information about this book or ways that we can help you at ACBC, you can visit us at biblicalcounseling.com.